is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide issue that affects you. I'm Shana Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. And if you've listened to Mishmash ever before, you probably know that Shana and I have often warned about making sure that you read petitions before you sign them. I think I've counted probably just roughly 11 billion times we've said this on this podcast. We've definitely stressed it. I think it's pretty close to that. And the reason that we tell you to read, read, read that fine print is because petition circulators can lie to you about what is on the initiative they're asking you to sign. It boggles the mind, but it's true. Yeah. And no matter what, if you sign it, that signature counts if you are a legal voter. So uh, perhaps uh, that won't be the case for longer. Maybe uh, there's now legislation at the state Senate uh, that would address this issue. And here with us to talk about it is one of the bill sponsors, Senator Jeremy Moss, a Democrat from Selfield. Senator Moss, welcome to Mishmash. It's good to be on. Good to see you both. So the one bill that we just brought up, that's just part of a package of bills that you and a handful of other lawmakers have introduced. So walk us through this entire elections package that you're working on. Yeah. So every time uh, there's a ballot proposal, I know it's shocking that people in politics might lie to you, but (laughs) you see that time and time again, that uh, petition circulators are misrepresenting the contents of their petitions. My favorite story is from a few years ago uh, when there was a petition circulated to create a part-time legislature. And one of my colleagues was approached by a petition circulator saying that the petition was designed to eliminate lifetime health care and a pension for the legislators in Michigan. And she goes, I'm a legislator. We don't have lifetime health care. We don't have pensions. And so, you know, that just goes to show you that there are people who will deceive in order to get you to sign onto their petition. And we've seen it in almost every ballot proposal that's come out. And even as recently as last summer, when the Unlock Michigan petition came out, um, they were caught on camera actually encouraging their volunteers and those working on the campaign to use deceptive tactics to gain signatures. And it prompted an attorney general investigation. And if I'm if I'm saying it right, you know, correctly, legally, the attorney general could not pursue charges because there were no laws that were being broken, even though other states uh, have better proposals that govern over the ballot petitioning process. So I've introduced this legislation several sessions uh, in a row now to hold ballot organizations accountable for training volunteers to other proposals that we've introduced um, to really govern over honesty in petitioning here in the state of Michigan. I know State Senator Mallory McMorrow is one of the other sponsors of this bill. You've got a couple of other things that apply to petitions, including, I believe, being able to take your name off of a petition if you find out more after the fact. Talk a little bit more in detail about how these bills would tackle this problem. Yeah, we have about five Senate sponsors on this. And I introduced this back in uh, 2018. And it did pass when I was a state House member, it did pass the House unanimously, nearly unanimously. Um, So this should win bipartisan praise, but uh, we're in a different, more hyperpartisan era. And So it's a little bit more challenging to get these moving. But what my bill in the package would do would if somebody can demonstrate that a ballot petitioner has lied to them, their signatures on their form just wouldn't count. They couldn't be submitted. 
with the rest of, of the signatures that would be submitted to get that ballot proposal moving. Senator McMorrow uh, would allow someone to uh, contact election administrators if they find out later that they've signed a petition and it and, and they were deceived into signing it, uh, that they could remove their name so it wouldn't be tallied into the count that would be submitted to the Secretary of State. We also want to ensure that people who have been previously convicted of election fraud are not able to be ballot uh, petitioners. Uh, I think that makes kind of sense. Uh, and then also one of the proposals is, uh, and we took this from another state, Oregon, uh, that would prevent paying volunteers by signature that they collect. Mm. That's a monetary incentive to keep lying and keep lying and keep lying to get more and more signatures to get more and more money. Um, so you could pay someone flat fee, you could pay someone by the hour, uh, but we want to remove this monetary incentive for somebody uh, to lie to get you to sign on to their to their uh, petition. And I, I think that, that that's the point. The petition should speak for itself. If your cause is worthy, if your cause should earn support, then it should earn that support on its merit, not because somebody used uh, deceitful tactics to get you to sign on. So it's surprising to me that something as simple as being like you sh- you can't lie to people to get them to sign something has taken multiple tries to pass that it hasn't made its way to a governor's desk over the years. But it seems like now you're in like a weird environment with these bills because you have a vast amount of people who are spreading lies about how the previous election was stolen. They have their own ideas of how to ensure, quote, election security. How do you find a way to cut through the noise with something like this and try and get it passed and get your Republican counterparts to sign on? It's it's been very frustrating because, as I said, uh, back before this big lie surrounding our election, when lying in politics just became an art form, in 2018, these got out of the House nearly unanimously. Uh, and it was during that lame duck session and it ran out of time for the Senate to take it up. Just two years later, um, or really two or three years later, we're in this really uh, troublesome, uh, different space where lying is the tool that some people use uh, to promote their cause. Um, And so I I think these bills most certainly are worthy of being placed into law. But just by the mere fact that we're introducing them and, and, and talking about it, has hopefully put constituents on guard. Um, I'm a big proponent of ballot proposals. So I want to say that too. You know, this is a chance for citizens to initiate law. I can introduce bills, but this is a process by which citizens can introduce their bill via ballot proposal. Um, So petitions are an important part of the process. Um, But it is, I think, us putting these uh, proposals forward is is going to make constituents really read it uh, and, and not just take people at, at face value. What they say to them uh, are in the petitions. And so just by introducing these bills and talking about them hopefully has its designed impact to pe- put people um, uh, more in a more aware space of reading what they sign. Uh, and then there's also like the social imperative that if somebody gives a petition in front of you, you feel compelled, like you have to sign it. Um, and, and, and you don't have to sign something just because <laughs> it's in front of you. Uh, and I think that's an important note too. read it first. 
Before we go any far- farther, I want to just inject sort of an, uh, a, an example that really illustrates this. Recently, um, MLive reporter Samuel Robinson tweeted uh, that a paid circulator just approached him with several ballot initiatives outside of a Dollar Tree in Portage. He said, excuse me, sir, are you a registered voter in Michigan? We are gathering signatures to help special needs kids. And Sam said, I declined identifying myself as a reporter. It turns out that was for the Let My Kids Learn petition, which has nothing to do with mm-hmm. helping special needs kids in, a, in any direct sense. Um, so this is this is happening and we are seeing this. So just another example of exa- why uh, people need to be aware of this fact. Um, and Senator Moss, I, I hate to ask someone about what pushback you're getting, because I know that someone who wants to get a bill across the finish line isn't going to make an argument necessarily against the bill. But I'm curious specifically about what elections officials might be saying, people who are involved in the petition process. There are some things that came to mind in my head about what this would mean sort of procedurally. I mean, if, if you could get people to say, look, I, I was lied to, I want my name off this, or you can't use my signature... The process of getting something like a good universe of signatures to see if the the number of signatures meets the threshold seems like that might add some at least um, uh, some challenges for people who are just trying to figure out whether or not a petition has got enough valid signatures. Is that an, is that a concern? Well, these are tools and resources that actually election administrators are asking for. Um, this this bill package is bolstered with the support from Jocelyn Benson. Um, and, and again, uh, in the second or third iteration of us introducing these, these were also introduced on the heels of this Unlock Michigan petition, which actually were the the organizers were caught on, on in recordings and on on tape purposely telling their volunteers to deceive uh and it went through an investigation um and it was it was determined that pers- charges couldn't be pursued because these laws weren't in place so not only are our election administrators um supporting our measures, but uh, so is law enforcement to give them resources to clamp down on on deception uh, and petitioning. Uh, And so we feel very comfortable we landed on a space that is going to help the process. And again, you know, other states do this. Uh, There are are other states that have these measures um, to better uh, govern over the ethics of ballot proposals. We are the state that lags behind in this. So walk us through, I guess, what your plan is to sort of push these these bills forward. Uh, you know, you're dealing with a Republican majority in the House and the Senate, but you do have a friendly face in the governor's office who I'm sure would be eager to sign these bills. So I guess what what is your what is your process going forward? Well, I guess I could just start with all the Republicans that have previously voted on this. Uh, so I'll start there, uh, which is which is again, these bills were not controversial before uh, before uh, lying in elections became this uh, this art form that it is now. Uh, but I think it, again, it, it this is this is so above partisanship. Uh, because there could be a ballot proposal that the other side doesn't like and wants to ensure uh, that petitioners are telling the truth um, in order to collect their signatures. Um, so there, there is across the political spectrum, there is, is goodness in these bills to ensure that if a, a petitioner is out there, they're employed by a, a ballot organization, uh, that part of the process is 
telling the truth and not misrepresenting the claims uh, of their petition uh, as they as they as they seek support for it. And again, you know, the penalty is not like you know, uh, handcuffs, shoving people in cop cars. <laughs> Our penalty is is your petitions just don't count. You can't you can't submit the petitions from a petitioner uh, who has lied to get signatures. Uh, so so before uh, we let you go, Senator Moss, I do want to talk a little bit about some news out of the Senate just this week. Uh, there was a big package of tax cuts that got through the Senate, uh, $2 billion for both personal income tax and corporate income taxes. Um, you know, this one came down along party lines. I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know, the governor is asking for some targeted tax cuts. I know she doesn't support this package, but um, what are, you know, explain for listeners what the big concerns are for Democrats uh, in this case and what kinds of tax cuts you think might be appropriate? Well, I think Michiganders who have endured in, in, in during this really awful time are absolutely worthy of tax relief and our, and our budget could sustain uh, a plan had we sat at the table uh, and negotiated this. This was just a political ploy by, by Senate Republicans. It's a tax shift. It's not really this big tax break. Uh, we have seen uh, large and wealthy corporations which have been profitable paying less and we have seen individuals in the state of Michigan paying more. And this specific proposal, the tax break is six times more for wealthy corporations than individual uh, Michigan working families. Uh, and so this is, this is I said on the Senate floor, it's kind of like deja vu all over again. Uh, in that 10 years ago, uh, Governor Snyder and Republicans slashed corporate taxes uh, across the board and to make up for that revenue loss to the state implemented the retirement tax on seniors. Um, and so when there's going to be a budget shortfall uh, due to this large corporate giveaway, uh, we know our Senate Republican friends aren't going to go to the wealthy corporations uh, to, to close that gap. They're going to come to to working families in the state of Michigan. Um, and so I, I really think that the tax relief is owed to working people uh, and, and not wealthy corporations. So uh, while they kind of wanted to, you know, enter the 2022 cycle with a talking point that their proposal cut taxes, you got to you got to ask who did it cut taxes for? And corporations are six times as much the beneficiaries of that than than average working people in the state. State of Michigan. So we voted no. Uh, but certainly, uh, if we can get some serious proposals going, um, like expanding the earned income tax credit, um, instituting uh, child tax credits, um, I, I think we can find hopefully a good bipartisan spot to move some things forward. And, and do you think that there's a, a point of common ground that can be reached where maybe Republicans get a little bit of what they want in that package and Democrats get a little bit of what they want. Do you think that there's a, a compromise that can be worked out with these as sort of starting points? I would hope that we can work on something, but this bill was not that. Actually, we found out it was on the agenda on the drive into Lansing that morning. So uh, <laughs> that just goes to show you, Love it when that happens. you know, it's a, so I'm used to it by now. Uh, but yeah, so this this was not a serious proposal. This was a proposal for them to use it as talking points. Uh, but if they want to sit at the table with us, we've been pushing we've been pushing tax breaks uh, for for family members here in the state of Michigan for working families for a while now, including repealing the retirement tax. And we actually called their bluff. We as Democrats substituted the language as our amendment in their bill to just forget that big corporate tax break and repeal the retirement tax. The Republicans who have introduced that retirement tax 
10 years ago have now been bemoaning and decrying it for the last 10 years. Okay, so maybe we do have common ground to repeal the retirement tax in Michigan. We put that up and you better believe that all Senate Democrats supported it and all Senate Republicans opposed it. So let's get to the table and talk about serious policy proposals. And I think we can get something going. Senator Moss, any last uh, things you want to talk about? Any other bills you have going on that you're excited about? I guess what what's moving and shaking with you these days? Well, it, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, our transparency laws that we've been pushing uh, every single year in the legislature to kind of shine more light on the inner workings of government. It's like every scandal that I've had to endure through with uh, some of my colleagues. It's just I peek around the corner and I say, hey, we have FOIA bills. We, we're, we're trying to get you to, 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 to see more of what the legislature does so we can head off some of these scandals. So, yeah, you know, Michigan's one of two states. That does not allow you to access the records of the governor's office or the state legislature. And as a result, we are the least ethical, least transparent, least accountable state government in the nation. And that's according to the Center for Public Integrity. So I have long been pushing for bills that I drafted along with now State Senator Ed McBroom on the other side of the aisle to shed a light on the inner workings of government and give you an open records law that allows you to do it. So, you know, I, I, I think that is that is nicely tied into what we're trying to do with ballot proposals as, as what I'm trying to do with the legislature, get people more information. Um, because the more information you get out there, uh, the less the lies can be hidden. Talk about deja vu. I remember you and McBroom working on these bills when you were both in the house and I had just started. <laughs> yep, Jake too. Jake I, was that, there as I well. I was there the year before that, yeah. <laughs> I'm a broken record, uh, That's right. but I'm not broken yet. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still You I'm just still have a brand. Fight. You just I have, have a brand. brand. Right. I have right. a brand. Elections and ethics. Uh, and I think there should be more ethics in elections. Um, and so, again, you know, with this most recent leadership scandal that we're we're, we're suffering through uh, in the legislature, it you know, it's it's not a surprise to anybody that I pop up again and say this could have been headed off uh, had we had known about what legislators are doing, how they're communicating, how they're using uh corporate or campaign dollars um, in carrying out uh, the business of the people. Uh, and so, again, this is this is fundamental, I think, um, to to democracy. I'm trying to give constituents more information to hold their elected officials accountable and more information to change who their elected officials are. Um, so I think elections and ethics is 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 some of the most uh, important work that I've been pursuing in the state legislature. And we only have about a minute left, but you just you just mentioned um, this leadership scandal. To be more direct, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Lee Chatfield, former state House speaker, and there is a, a sexual assault uh, allegation or multiple allegations out there. Uh, but this has led to it looks like uh, raids just this week on former st- high level staff members, his chief of staff, and others that you know they're looking for supposedly information or what we can only assume is information that a lot of reporters have said, look, um, you know, if we were able to FOIA the legislature, um, you know, we wouldn't necessarily need uh, FBI raids to figure some of this stuff out. You hit the nail on the head, Jake. Uh, that's exactly right. And, 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 and it's not just this. It's, it's every kind of scandal that we've seen. Flint water crisis was the same situation. Had we just known what government actors were talking about on the front end, we wouldn't have had maybe these scandals bubble up to the surface. And now the only way we can get information is once the criminal investigation is launched. 
Um, and so uh, it, it, these transparency laws could have a practical effect of getting information out sooner. But, I, but almost in a way, I hope it has a chilling effect that legislators will know that their communication is subject to transparency. So they won't want to do the bad thing to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I I serve with great colleagues, uh, even both sides of the aisle, great colleagues who want to do right by their constituents and go to work with integrity uh, and and goodwill uh, toward doing a good job. Uh, But they're like any industry and and any profession, there are bad actors. And we're trying to root out the bad actors uh, in this space. And it shouldn't take a criminal investigation to be launched. Um, to find out what that bad behavior is. Then then it's too late. State Senator Jeremy Moss, thank you so much for joining us today on Mishmash. Sounds good. We'll keep you posted. All right, that's all for Mishmash. I'm Jake Neer. And I'm Shayna Roth. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.